Welcome back to another edition of Men in the Machine. I am Kevin. I'm DJ. And this is part two of the Tournament of Arcs, where we are getting ready to break down in probably more detail than the last one, Hunter Hunter. Yeah, when we started the last one, we uh, we were like, we'll take an hour for One Piece and an hour for Hunter Hunter. It did not. It, it took more than an hour to well, get through Water Seven. So, so that was the catch, right? Like when I first started, I was like, in my head, I'll, I'll run you through my head. In my head, I was like, all right, I remember we're gonna talk about um, obviously Luffy and Usopp. We've got to bring up Frankie because he's added to the crew. We're gonna bring up CP9, and then we're gonna talk about the fight. I forgot about the backstory of Tom. Kokoro and the Frog are pretty important. I forgot about Iceberg. Oh, yeah, CP9 was infiltrated because they were part of Gali La. Gali La was kind of good guys, but they were bad guys because of the Frankie family. Oh, that's right, the Frankie family. And then the train. <laughs> There's a whole thing on the train. That's I forgot about the train. Like, it just kept... It's amazing how easy it is to forget about the Frankie family who are the entire purpose of the arc <laughs> yeah. to introduce Frankie as a new main character. So it was cat. one of those things where... The story of Water 7 and Ennis Lobby is a very tight story of bonding, care, and trust, and you have a villain that is setting up for the world, the Navy. In your head, so tight, so easy to talk about. But then when you have to remember how you got there, oh boy. But in Hunter Hunter, what's going to play to our advantage here, Hunter Hunter is an uh, anime brand new to me. I talked about this a little bit last time. Brand new to me. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was masterful. The convincing part was that it was made by Tagashi, the guy who made Yu Yu Hakusho. Yoshihiro Tagashi. Yoshihiro is his name? Yep. Yoshi. <laughs> uh, who made Yu Yu Hakusho. I don't think is... we're on a Yoshi basis with <laughs> my... him. <laughs> you don't know how well I, I got in touch with him. I set this all up. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho is my third favorite anime of all time, so this got me very excited. Um, and obviously I've heard the comparisons out there. Everyone talks about Chimera Antark being the creme de la creme of shonen anime. Mm -hmm. I, I don't agree, but I completely understand why people say that. Um, so, I, so, so we got the idea. We're doing this breakdown, and, and now we're going to really get into what makes Hunter Hunter special and what I don't like about it. Now, before we went to, before we started on this, you had seen. Much farther in One Piece than Water 7. Mm -hmm. And I had not seen up to Water 7. Mm -hmm. uh, when we both started this, I had seen like the first two arcs of Hunter x Hunter, and you had seen none of it. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. You had seen some. I remember watching it being like, oh, this is so brand new. We're enjoying this. And then Jake was like, no, nah, DJ's seen like the first two arcs. I was like, oh. And then while we were watching it, but it had been a while. <laughs> you were you were dipping the toe and getting refreshed. Um <laughs> I did, so so let me preface this one. So the difference between this and, and the previous podcast is I have almost nothing but universal love for One Piece, to a fault, admittedly. I'm not going to act like I don't put it on a pedestal. Hunter Hunter, I have the exact opposite thing, where I have a lot of hype and a lot of naysayers calling it to be better, so I go in with that. You know me, I'm very susceptible to hype biases counterpoints like i really want to play that advocate so i just want to start this podcast by saying hunter hunter is freaking phenomenal it's not my favorite anime of all time and that's fine but it is incredibly good at what it does there is characters in here that i will never not think about there is moments that were like jaw-dropping but i might come off as a aggressive nitpicker in this in this podcast and i think that's okay now what i'm going to try and keep you very on track with is that this is not the time to compare it right. to one piece right. we did a good job in one piece of not talking about hunter hunter right. in this one we are only going to talk about hunter hunter and its own merits and not about one piece keep, so. i got to keep myself zen you're 100% correct um, and 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 i will do my best let's start with Good things, what we like, and, and then the breakdowns, obviously, to get us to Chimera. So we, we started with an overview of what One Piece is and what mm -hmm. it's about. Uh, Hunter Hunter started serialization right around the exact same time as One Piece. In the manga, right? Uh, in manga, right. yes. Um, oh, it's worth noting, we watched the 2011 Hunter Hunter, not the 99 no, or something? Not the 99. Okay, it is. Uh, and we, we looked at the manga for both of them. Yep. You actually read all of Water 7 in the manga. Yep. Um, I did not read all of Hunter Hunter. I, I kind of jumped around just to see what it was like, because uh -huh. one of the big things we're going to talk about is art style, and Hunter Hunter, I, I, I man, the way it's drawn is wonky. So we're There's, mostly sticking to the anime. Um... But the big, uh, uh, you know, 
Uh, Togashi is a veteran of yeah. the industry. He had had two completed uh, mangas before this, which were Yu Yu Hakusho, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. and another one called Level E, which I've never actually seen or read. Uh, I have heard really good things about it, though. Okay. But it's it's not it's not a shonen. Mm -hmm. It's a very self-contained story about it's a, it's a love story. Um, he plays a lot of his usual themes into the love story about things that he likes. Uh, real big on uh, championing LGBT rights. Yeah, uh, is that that's what, is going it... to be coming up in this, and it's big through line in level E as well. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that was a big thing for him, but it makes sense. He he's not as good at it in Yu Yu Hakusho because he tries to do it with like the three ogres and the one yeah. that's like, oh, she looks like a lady, but she's a man. But he doesn't handle that he, super well. He does do it a little bit with um, Yoko Karama as well. Uh, a little bit, but anyways. Yeah, and, and he, there, there's a Karama in Hunter Hunter too, because yeah. Karama because basically Karama, yeah. or Kite is basically Karama. Kite, oh yeah, Kite. I mean, you know, to a degree, um, he has a type. <laughs> so yeah. he 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 likes to inject the, like LGBT issues, and he comes from a very sympathetic place when yeah. it when it comes to them. He also talks about politics a little. Um, yeah. So I feel like not a political podcast, but it's gonna come <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. No, definitely not. I appreciate that. We are completely unbiased here. We are going to stick with the line. Um, so Hunter Hunter is a show about gone freaks. Yep. Uh, fr yeah, it's just freaks, right? G gone freaks. Gone freaks. It's a lot A 12-year-old boy who uh, grew up in this beautiful whale island, or what's it called? Uh, yep, whale island. Whale island. And his father is a hunter who abandoned, well, not abandoned, left him with his mother. He pretty much. Yeah, he uh, His him. aunt. Right. Who his he, aunt Mito. Who he calls his mom. Um, and he is now of age where he's going to go off, become a hunter, and find his father. Yep. That's, that's the story of Hunter Hunter. Um, but where it's going to be a little tricky to talk about, and we joked about it upstairs, is that Chimera Ant, the reason we watch this, doesn't necessarily need, especially with how the anime did it, much of what the buildup is. So I really want to just talk about what we liked for the buildup. I mean, we can still go into plenty of depth, but I'm just talking about it doesn't really benefit Chimera Ant. And there's my first negative is that Chimera Ant does something with uh, the Hunters Association that I think needed to be put in somewhere. Well, here's a big thing. The show is called Hunter Hunter. The hunters are way less of a big deal than you would think in a show called Hunter. Hunter. Especially without sets them up. So you're like, he's going to become a hunter. And you know that it takes, especially with the exam arc and how many people die trying to become hunters. And even trying to become part of the exam, they're dying. Um, it really sets up like, hey, hunters are this badass elite that you're going to be a part of. And you're going to do all these cool, sh cool ass things with. And in reality, it's kind of like... Hunters are dickbags, and the world's just pretty crazy. Well, so here's the thing. The Hunters are, uh, the hunters are run by something called the Hunters Association. Yep. Really there cool is, logo. It's an X and an X with the red filled in the middle. Yep. They, they have a governing body, but as an organization, they're very decentralized otherwise. Yeah. So an individual hunter, someone can join for any reason. Mm -hmm. Once they are a hunter, they can do whatever they want. The exam is very dangerous. Yep. Uh, when but, they are a hunter, they get special privileges and access to things that only hunters have access to. Their hunter license serves as both a credit card and a passport, yeah, like which a gets, universal passport. They have a near limitless credit line, and there is very few countries that that card won't get you into. It's mm -hmm. it's as close to a universal passport as you'll get. So it is very valuable to be a hunter, but there's no uniting creed of the hunters. The organization very rarely actually demands that hunters do anything. Mm -hmm. And when they do demand it, everyone treats it like it's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, so. And some won't do it. You know, even if they do, there's still plenty of holdouts, um, like the election arc showed. Um, so so what you get is the Hunter exam is a very fun... So let's talk about tropes here. This is the one thing I oh, love. No. I love I love the term you used, or the, the statement you used, that Yoshi, uh, as I... You don't, but as I can call <laughs> him, um, he, he, he understands and, and knows all the right stuff to do for a shonen anime but really doesn't give a shit if he fulfills it and instead is going to give you blank. Yeah. Um, and it, and he does... This is both a good and a bad thing. Yes, it is very good because when it's done well, like the Zoldic family arc, you're like, okay, you you got me, Yosh. I can call him that as well, please don't call him. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you got me. And he really sends me sideways and I have a really fun time with it. Mm -hmm. The inverse is 
Sometimes, as you yeah. get closer to the climax, you are prepared for the unexpected, which makes it expected. Doesn't ruin it, but it 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 kind of kills the awe. It, he, well, I think he does a good enough job mixing it up, though. That, yes. Like, even if you're, like, expecting something unexpected, it'll happen in a way that you don't expect it, so you're like, oh. And, and let me give him a big credit on the worst arc, in my opinion, of Hunter x Hunter. When, when you're expecting the unexpected and it doesn't come, it becomes the inverse. So, for example, Greed Island has a lot of fun twists. Greed Island is a very fun arc. It's got its faults but it's very silly and fun but in the end when you actually do get to see your main character which i've talked about this before and we're going to talk about it today when you finally get to see your main character do the main character thing and do the final fight it's kind of fucking awesome it was a very good fight there was a very clever twist put in place and he gets to you know give it his all because he's aware of what'll come that's like i spent i the last few arcs had given me the twist and i was like okay What's it going to be? And it does give you one. But for the most part, when you get traditional shonen through him, it's really good traditional action anime. I think that Greed Island, the arc you're talking about, mm-hmm. is very is very much the most traditional shonen yeah. of the arcs. Yeah. It is very straightforward, and that's probably why it's the least interesting. Yes, ex- and that's where that whole credit thing comes in. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I may want to judge you for doing your thing the way it catches me off, but then when you give me what I want, I'm like... Oh, never mind. I kind of see why you were doing it, and it was really good. That, that's the thing. Everything that's bad about Hunter Hunter is also why it's good. Yeah. Um, and 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 let's talk. Okay, let's not talk Nen yet. Let's start. Let's go back earlier. So let's get our characters out the way, right? We're going into the Hunter exam. Main character Gon, awesome protagonist. He's an upbeat, optimistic kid. Yeah, twelve years old. Very fun. He grew up in nature, basically by himself. So he's got. He's very in tune with animals. He's a very happy-go-lucky uh, nature boy. Um, and this optimism runs throughout. Just like we're going to be talking about Luffy in the next episode. He's a very optimistic, I can do this guy. It is both his most admirable trait and his greatest weakness. Yes. Uh, especially when you meet his best friend uh, it, it, later on. So, But first, he's taking a boat to the Hunter exam, which gives us our two... They're not main characters, but they're as close to main characters as you get in this show. <laughs> um, Leorio and Karapika, whose names took me forever to remember, but boom, look at me. Fire. Yeah, there you go. Fire. Uh, Leorio is the um, uh, older brother guy who handles no nonsense, who's yelling about everything, and he is where you get the example of what it means to be a hunter for certain people. He is in it exclusively for the money. The way they introduce him, the way he's drawn, and the way he acts at first, he seems like a dirtbag. Yeah. But when, and this is a theme that runs throughout the whole show. And you actually mentioned this while we were watching it. I don't know how that picked up. (laughs) It'll be fine. That doesn't look too bad on the waveform. But a theme that runs through the show is that everyone is more complex than what they seem to be. You mentioned it as a criticism, like, oh, some people have like really weird designs that don't seem like they fit with anything else. But I think it kind of plays into this theme in the show that someone. You know, based on their role, based on their look, based on where they come from, you might have certain assumptions about that. Everyone is more complex than that. Heroes are not just one-note good guys. They might have some darkness and flaws to them. Even Gon has some very, very real flaws. Yeah, yeah. Um, Or instabilities. (laughs) Yes. Um, And even villains have things that they care about and things that they love and reasons for yeah. doing what they do. Everyone, no, the world doesn't split into good and bad neatly. It's all just people trying to live their lives yeah. and occasionally coming into conflict with each other. Yep, uh, which is something that it, it, it's, it does so well. So people like Karapika are a good example of, of um, the first time you meet Joey, as I'll call him from henceforth. No, I'm going to call him Karapika, but he's <laughs> definitely Joey. He looks like Joey. And he's like the Karama character where he's an effeminate-looking boy yeah. who occasionally uh, is mistaken for a girl. He has one big part where he's disguised as a woman <laughs> yeah. for a while. He doesn't care that people think he's a woman from time to yeah. time. He's just, he's cool with it. Yeah. You get his first thing and you're like, oh, this guy, this kid has an honor code. That's all you get about him at first, right? When you're on the boat and he's arguing with Leorio and he's talking with Gon and they save the one guy from going off the edge and, you know, Leorio's like, it's all about money and it's all about honor and Gon's like, it's all about having fun. That's what you get from Karapika. Dude with a a, a warrior's code, a a moral code, he, he knows what he wants. And then as you get into the exam arc, you're like, 
oh, he's actually got a little bit of a fucked up anger issue, and then you find out why. And then when you get past that and you get into York New, as we'll get into later, it evolves even a step further into dangerous hatred and into self-destructive tendencies that he has to balance with friends. So yeah, he evolves. Leorio, exact same thing. Super greedy, uh, turns into, uh, when they're in the exam, he's hating everyone because no one will listen to him because he's so out there in what he assumes is common sense, but Gon does not play by common sense rules. <laughs> um, and then you find out his backstory, why the way he is. And then in the election arc, much later, because he does not get anything until the election arc, which is a damn shame. I love Leorio. Um, you find out he's actually more of a hothead and he's uh, spent his life pursuing how to help people and his friends and yada, yada, yada. And he gets really frustrated when people are obstructing him for no reason. So I think I think my, my criticism, which as we're going to say about 30 times, is actually a positive, is that me and the Yosh boy... He he puts so much depth, but the timing for unveiling it for me is off. It obviously isn't. When he shows it, you're like, oh, shit. But while watching it, you feel this sort of lack of satisfaction of where you're headed. The pro is that it feels like, and you mentioned this as a positive before, is that it feels like the world is going around outside of the bubble of the main characters. Right. Leorio may not be involved in the events of everything, but he's doing something. Yeah. And it will eventually be touched on why why he wasn't involved directly in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It fits with his character. Mm-hmm. Characters are developing in the background. Yeah. It just... But it does have against it, though, is that it means that sometimes the things you might have liked to see won't get shown to you. Right. Or they won't get shown to you when you would have wanted to see them or in the form that you wanted to see them. And this would bring up the classic argument of artists owe you nothing. <laughs> so, but, but the problem with that and, and, the, and that whole ideology, especially in regards to something, as we bring up all the time, is something as so subjective as anime where you just really love or hate a specific one little twist, whether it be a story building thing, a character writing thing, even an art style. Sarah couldn't get over One Piece's art style. You know what I mean? That's fine. Uh-huh. Um, and that's a that's a very common thing I hear. Is yeah. That people are like, oh, what is this? It looks like some Looney Tunes shit. Exactly. Man. And it kind of um, is some Looney Tunes oh, shit it's when totally, you get into it. It's totally Looney Tunes. That's kind of the draw, actually. Um, some characters you see in your... Well, not One Piece. We're not, so, um, But but the, the, what I'm talking about where it comes into play is like when you're writing in a genre to an audience that has wants and needs, I guess is a very sexual way of saying that, I do think it's a leg- legitimate critique to say you maybe did it at the wrong time. It is, but it's also kind of a bold statement yeah, by no. the author because Shonen Jump is very competitive. Yeah. It doesn't just run. It's not just that you pick up an issue of Hunter Hunter. They mm-hmm. they are later serialized in volumes. Yeah, but you know that's like trade paperbacks compared to single issues. Yeah. So when you want the single issues, you pick up Shonen Jump. There's a whole bunch of different manga in it. Um, and you know you you know your big names like Hunter Hunter and One Piece might sell it, but if you're not a big name, they can only publish so many chapters in one volume. Yeah, you're at this constant risk that if you are not a property that sells volumes, you might get dropped from Shonen Jump. Yeah, which is a damn shame. So when someone so like you... him makes these weird stances that put you outside of the norm, and it's still. And especially, can you imagine the middle finger he throws up when Leorio shows up in the election arc and has, like, an actual moment? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, did you go 100 episodes without Leorio? Go fuck yourself, I did it. Like, in a good way, in, a, in the way intended. So, Togashi is known to be, you know, he's not, he doesn't love the craft of, of making manga as well, or he has a he's, complicated relationship. He's a bad boy. He clearly, lo- he clearly loves his stories and the stories he's writing. Mm-hmm. But the process of creation is something that he's had a tumultuous relationship with. Yeah. It's taken issues on his health. Mm-hmm. He famously, at the end of Yu Yu Hakusho, wrote a big author's note where it was very sad. And he's like, Yu Yu Hakusho, I love it. I love you guys. I love the fans. But this is ruining my life, and I yeah. need to end it. Yeah. And he did. And didn't the show didn't even do his final thing, right? Yeah, because he was so disappointed with how it turned out yeah. that he didn't want it to be a- adapted. Yeah. So he has this tumultuous relationship. He goes on hiatuses a lot. There's the joke that Hunter Hunter is called hiatus hiatus. <laughs> the, there's a big like chart that charts like all the arcs and the years that they ran. And one of them is just a blank space that's the great hiatus arc. <laughs> and it's all over the place. In spite of all this, yeah. Togashi's contract with Shonen Jump 
he is the highest paid mangaka in the interest really? industry. Higher than Oda, who is like the biggest name. He's the guy, yeah. Togashi wow. is, he is, he is, you hate him, but you will respect him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair, and and uh, which is my next big complaint with the series, and it is again not a complaint, um, is that he is, and 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 we've talked about it. It might be to preserve the storytelling process for himself, but what he is writing is more important than the series. Mm. To me, when I'm reading it, the arc I'm in is more important than the arc before and after. And every time you go to a new arc, I think that's true, um, which is. Bad for uh, what I like to call One Piece Syndrome or Ope Syndrome, where you or I 100% require that every character, object, place, pet, piece of lint that falls out of a character's pocket will be addressed at some point sooner, later. It'll at least get a send-off. He does not have to abide by that. No one has to abide by that. But when I'm reading, so let's start with the exam arc. This will be a quick one to get through because the exam arc is pretty fun, but it is pretty um, simple. It's basically just a, a, a sets the stage. Yeah, so they're 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 in an exam to uh, get their hunter's license, and it, the funny thing we kept always playing, and what uh, Yoshi is, is so good at, name the main character. You can't with him. Nope. It doesn't matter how unique a design is or how cool of a trait they have. You really don't know if that's going to pay off. They may die unceremoniously and unexpectedly. They and, may actually just do nothing. And sometimes make... characters show up, they have a unique design, they have an introduction, it tells you what they're about and their motives, and then they just disappear. Yeah. They just go on to, uh, yep, okay, I'm here. Uh, hi, welcome. I'm going to go live my life now uh, over there, and that has nothing to do with the story. Or it will give you that guy that's kind of unassuming looking, and he makes it to the end of the arc and says goodbye to your main characters, and you're oh, like, Pockle, poor yeah. Pockle. You're like, okay. Sure. All right. And then we see him later getting his head ripped open. Um, so uh, the exam arc is very fun. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns to the um, tests at hand. I think it does a, go a good job of showing how different hunters can be. The first guy with the mustache and no mouth, he literally just runs for like two days straight. And everyone's like, holy shit. Okay. I guess that's what hunters are capable from. We lost 600 people because they were exhausted, but the rest of us made it. Like, okay, fine. And also, Hisoka... The worst character in anime, and if you respect him, you're a bad person, and you shouldn't look up to him. I am standing on that. I will. I will die on this hill, DJ. But he's also one of the best characters. He's in incredible. The show. But that's yeah. not the point. <laughs> he's incredible to the story. But if you have a poster, a mouse pad, a tattoo, a shirt with Hisoka, you're a bad person. <laughs> I stand by that. So. What you don't want to know a Hisoka titty mouse pad? No, I definitely don't, because he would like that, especially if I was twelve. So. Yo, you'd have to be powerful, and neither of us are powerful. So. Speak for yourself, okay? <laughs> I hold some big pull at work. Um, so, it does a fun thing with showing Hisoka, who at this point you don't know much about, other than he made a guy's arms disappear for some reason, which it. Oh, that's another moment of like, ugh, it shows. There's a power... Th you know what? I'm going to bring it up right now. I have sure. it written down. We'll get to it later. In the Chimera Antarctic, to speak about why a moment to to, uh, to Yosh... I'm just going to stick with Yosh. Why a moment with him is more important than a story with him. The opening of Hisoka is him making a man's arms disappear into flowers, and that guy's arms are, are gone forever, and that guy doesn't make the event. Never once do we see that power, have it explained, understand anything about it again. Now... I want to I want to I want to reel you back a little bit because Hisoka his title is the magician mm -hmm. and as we learn later what his power is and what the scope of it is we learn that his weight that he fights opponents is very psychological he uses his powers and his natural abilities at misdirection and sleight of hand yep. to manipulate intimidate his opponent and never let them get like a full picture of what's going on, making him seem in the moment way scarier than he actually is, right. to the point that the, the opponent basically gives in in their head because they have no idea what's going on, yeah. and Hisoka has control of the situation. And then he either kills them because he likes the thrill of the power dynamic, or walks away because they're weak. Mm -hmm. But and So, like, in, in this case, you could justify that it is some uh -huh. sort of sleight of hand. All right, so here's... But it's never explained. So, here's the could of Hunter Hunter. Because in m I'm a big Suspension of Disbelief fan. I liked BVS because of it. The point is, when your anime is built around over-explanations, specifically of a fighter style, 
it over explains a lot but specifically when it comes to fight dynamics and mind games the show will literally stop a scene for five minutes to do a dialogue because mm -hmm. it wants you to know what's going on and i get that the introduction of this it wants to be maybe a little more mysterious but when it does these sorts of things it does them with the intent of being like so uh, i said this in the group chat and i stand by this i think hunter hunter suffers from watchman disease the writer is smarter than the work, and he knows it. Hmm. And this is one of those scenarios, and, and a, a later one I want to call out as well. He is aware in the moment of writing one of these intense, um, I knew he would, my least favorite and favorite thing, it's the Death Note comparison. <laughs> when, he, when, when you're doing a mind fight in the Chimera Antarch, mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, Smoker, or Smoker, that's from One Piece, uh, Maron, Melon, the smoke guy? Deep purple? Uh, moral. Moral. I had the letters in this, more or less. When moral is going through a fight, it stops the dialogue and it goes, I did this so that he would react this way, but I knew that he would react this way and think that I knew it, so he would react this way. I anticipated that, so I did this. He likes to lay the double and triple take of everyone knowing each other's moves until someone is smarter. That's mm -hmm. the death note I always talk about. Yep. And that's fine. It's all fun, and it actually makes for some really intense moments and suspenseful stuff that's very good. Um, but when it falls to the wayside is when you do the mysterious stuff and don't give us the explanation. Yeah, um, I, I do kind of agree with it's that. It's having because, your cake and eating it, too. Well, yeah, because here's the thing. For the most part, 99% of the time, mm -hmm. everything is fair play. Yes. Like, you can... You can figure out the uh, per a person's power, the scope of it, the limitations, possible weaknesses. Mm -hmm. It feels good when you figure out how they're going to beat a power before the show reveals it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a few fights I can think of where that happens. Because mm -hmm. it, it gets you thinking, like, okay, oh, well, what can can he do this with that power? Yeah. Can he not do this? Could you beat it by doing Especially this? Especially post-Nen reveal, after Heaven's Arena is when that really starts to get into your head. And it feels good when you're able to predict it correctly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... It has the uh, the qualities of both gum and rubber. It does. Yeah, yes, so indeed. that's a big deal. And then you try to think of what gum and rubber are capable so of. So the few times when something happens that doesn't fit this, yeah. sometimes sometimes it's cool, like with yeah. Alica. Yeah, Alica. Um, but other times it's just like, yeah, you really just did that because you wanted to have a cool, mysterious moment, didn't and you? And here's my it moment. It doesn't really fit in later with the explanation we get. And here's my, my second example of it. Number one is Hisoka there. And there's more of them, but this is the one that really got me because it's involving my favorite character. Killua. Killua we haven't even talked about Killua yet. Killua is awesome. He's introduced in this scene as a kid with white hair who looks broody, who is skateboarding around, you taking nothing this, seriously. You look at this guy and you're immediately like, oh, this is Sasuke. This is yeah. the Sasuke of this show. And, or maybe he's the Vegeta of this and show. And he even acts like it. He does the whole, I don't care, I'm here for me thing. Immediately flips the switch, which is wonderful. And every time... Functionally, he is Vegeta, but yeah. he is not Vegeta. That, th this, is the, this is the best moment of Yosh doing the inverse of what a traditional would do. Yes, he is the rival best friend. Yes, he thinks he's better and gets jealous. No, that is not a bad thing. That's a thing to make them closer, love each other harder, trust each other more. The thing you have to understand is that when Gon and Killua meet each other, they become fast friends, and that is the major through line through the show. Yeah. These two are genuinely best friends to each other. They love each other. They would take a bullet for each other. Yeah. Um, they even sacrifice literally everything for each other, and sometimes it's without reason. Um, like Gon going to the Zoldic family, someplace you should never go to, just to be like, I want to talk to my friend. If he doesn't want to hang out with me, that's fine. He can. T it's a Luffy moment. If he doesn't want to talk to me, that's fine. But he's going to tell it to me. I'm not going to hear it from some phone call. Yeah. I'm coming to see it. Um, but here's the instance I was talking about, and then we'll get back into it. In the Chimera Antarctic. He is getting. They're in a cave. Gone, kite, and 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 kill. Wait, is kite in there? Yeah. Yeah, kite's there. In the cave when they're fighting um, the centipede. Three. Yeah. Okay. So they're fighting. Gone uh, kills the centipede dude using a uh, awesome uh, uh, scissors. Yep. Um, cutting him to pieces and then crushing his head with rock. Killua does a moment. He says, "Never, not once, do they explain this. They do. I, that's a lie. They tease it once, so I guess it gets half credit." He's sitting there, and this thing's beating him, uh, the weird uh, uh, mosquito lady, yep. um, is beating him, and he says, it's been a really long time since I've flipped on my switch. 
I haven't used this in a long time. And you're like, what the fuck? Because you've seen him do some pretty cool shit up to this point. He's got his electricity power, kind of. Um, well, he's gotten the ability to give a spark. You don't know anything about it yet. Um, he's got his spiky hand, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, in addition to the power system, all of the Zoldic family, which Killua is part of, yeah. have these secret assassination techniques that are a separate power system. Yes. Think of them like the six powers in One Piece. Yeah, if you wanna... yeah, that's exactly it. They have physical, not Nen, well, they also have Nen, but their physical abilities and, and personal like willpower to be badass assassins is above the other stuff. Mm. So he talks about, I've never flipped on my Switch in a long time. Maybe I should do it now. Why not? He flips on the Switch, and he busts out his special assassin move, Snake Hands. He does this weird thing. His hands look like snakes, and he's cutting her arms into pieces. Mm-hmm. Cuts them all up, and then she goes to use the mosquito, and her tail poisons him, and he's a mute. They don't explain what flipping the Switch is ever. They don't explain that special move. You never see it again, and you don't even pay off where it came from or where it goes. It's just because as that he likes to write in that moment he wanted Killua to have a fighting edge he didn't want to make it Nen related he didn't want to give him unreasonable speed and strength for where he's been to that point he just wanted to give him a move that he had to have learned at some point and he uses it once but he calls it his special switch and that's it so we just basically have a Zoldic technique that was never set up before and never comes back again yeah and, and don't get me wrong it was cool as shit. Killua does something, this guy's on board. But I was like, no. You've you you this isn't how 99% of the show operates. You're 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 forcing me to watch a different show for a minute and then pulling me back into Hunter Hunter. And it just feels bizarre. Not bad, but bizarre. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you're going to think that our tone on Hunter Hunter is way more mixed than One Piece, but that's kind of because Hunter Hunter is going for a very different feeling yeah. than One Piece. I, I was actually thinking that, uh, I was going to say it at the beginning, but I was maybe going to save it for the next cast. I think the way we talk about the shows is insanely indicative of how the two shows handle their stories. Mm-hmm. The one begs you to follow the ride, the other one begs you to understand it. And we're, that's what we're going to be doing for, for the next hour or whatever. Like, right. We're trying to understand Hunter x Hunter. And especially when you get into Nen and the complications and awesomeness that it gives you, it, it gets even dicier. Yeah. So so Nen is the main power system of the world. Yes. That anyone can learn Nen. Uh, and oh, at a certain real- point, if you, if you want to hang with the big boys, you got to learn Nen. Let's get to Nen. So, uh, Hunter Exam, lots of different traits, some very cool moments. They succeed, but the big twist is that you meet uh, Killua's brother, Illumi, yep. who is disguised as, I'm not even going to attempt to remember the name, this weird pin uh, thing. Uh, guitar wrecker. Pinhead Larry. And uh, he reveals that, Killua, you've been trained, you're bad, you're terrible, you're never going to be able to fight someone better than you, get out of here. He plays mind games. But, you know, Illumi's whole motive for wanting to stifle Killua here is that he doesn't want Killua to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they because he wants to use him. Pretty much. He, the, wants, to, he wants to control Killua's yeah. life. Killua is, we'll later learn that Killua is the favorite of the Zoldic family. Uh, he is the one that the family is putting their hopes on, will continue the family business, the family business being assassination. Yeah. Is the the Zoldic family line is the best long sto- long form storytelling in Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Gone Searching for His Dad's good, but it's mostly just to keep us moving. The Killua's the Zoldic family line is flawless. But um, so everyone kind of has different in the family, kind of has different expectations of Killua. Mm-hmm. Illumi wants to basically psychologically control Killua so that even if Illumi won't eventually be leader of the family, he'll have such a mental hold on Killua yeah. that he can direct Killua as he... He's a control it. freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, his power is to control people. So it's, Quite you know, literally it's... with needles, yeah. Nen needles. Um, and, and the big catch here is that he, he successfully fucks with Killua's mind so much that the final uh, uh, test, if you kill someone, you're out. He convinces Killua to just murder someone and get out of the hunter test because he tells him, you're not ready to be a hunter. Thus failing the exam. Yeah, thus failing. So Gon makes it, Karapika, Leorio, Hisoka makes it, Illumi makes it, uh, this random assassin guy makes it who's actually really cool. The Gon fight with him was phenomenal. Uh, Hanzo, yep. Hanzo, um, and a couple other people. And you're like, okay, 
that was crazy. And as Killua goes away to his family, to my favorite arc that I want to talk about a lot, um, Gon wakes up and is like, no, that's my that's my man. And he's like, well, you've only known him a little bit. And he's like, no, we need to get Killua. We need to protect him. Because Killua, up to that point, has set the precedent he does not get along with, he doesn't like, he doesn't want to be a part of the Zoldic family. He went so far as to slash his mother up to go to leave. Um and his brother. I think he stabbed his brother or something, he says. Killua doesn't know what he wants, but he doesn't want to be forced to do anything right. is the thing. Which is, again, a trope that is uh, used in a different way very well. It's the guy who wants to be different than his family, except this time the family is the really fucked up stuff. <laughs> Supportive, but really fucked up stuff. Yeah. And he just wants to understand what it means to choose a life, which mm. is really nice. And it keeps getting in his way. Every time Gone gets a little bit stronger, he's like... No, I'm the chosen one of the Zoldic family. I'm stronger. And then he realizes, like, oh, yeah, I guess that's not what this is about. Okay. And he goes back to his... Yeah. He, he constantly finds himself falling into his life ways when he murders people when they're flying in the blimp. Mm -hmm. He murders, like, two people that are harassing him when he's uh, looking out the scene. And then he's like, wait a minute. Be cool. You got gone. Do whatever you want. I should point out that the picture we paint of Killua at this point, he might sound like he is a dark and brooding, like, contrast to Gon, but that is not what he is at no. all. He is Go goofy. Yeah, in spite of his exterior, Killua is probably, like, the nicest guy. He's yeah. super upbeat all the time. Mm. He is... He's a bit more down to earth than Gon. He's he's got a little bit more of a complex uh, yeah. relationship with morality because he's just he's been through some rough shit. Yeah, Gon's the guy who's like, I don't care who that person is. Let's go take care of it. And Killua is the guy who's like, Well, let's think about that for a second, yeah. and then we'll do it. And you know, he plans everything out with him. But he is one hundred percent Gon's biggest fan. The two of them just have a mutual respect and appreciation for each other. Yep. Uh, and that leads to Gon being like, well, I guess I'm going to Assassin Mountain. Everyone knows where it is. They don't try to hide it. They're just that formidable that they don't care. And uh, we're going to figure this out. And Karapika and Liario are like, all right, I don't think that's a great idea, but sure, let's get it. Yeah, they both go, don't they? Yep, they do. Yeah. Um, and that's when, when you get there and you realize just what you're up against. Like, it sets the stage for these guys, and it does not disappoint. It talks about, until you see them, it literally just talks. I mean, there's even bus tours that drive by the gates to say, uh, everyone, check it out. The Zoldics are not an unknown thing. No. Everyone knows that the Zoldics exist. They are a family of assassins. You may have considered hiring them once. They're not cheap, but they're good at what they do. Yeah. And here's why. And then they talk about the gate and how strong it is and the fact that there's monsters on the other side of that that no one could ever fathom. And Gon's like, yeah, all right, I'll go in. Um, he befriends the gatekeeper, who's this really old, really buff dude. Um, and it, it shows a really fun scene where two guys are like, we're going to kill the Zoldix and turn him in for money. And the guy's like, no, don't do it. Here's the key. They walk in the front door and are immediately eaten and spit out by a monster on the other side. Yeah. Um, He's like, oh, my, I'm not the guard. I just, I, I just yeah. take care of the monster on the other yeah. side. <laughs> and, and then it reveals the twist that he's like, the key doesn't matter. That door is always open. Go ahead, give it a shot. The real entrance is this massive, uh, it's 10 stages, each one that doubles the weight of the two-ton opening door. Yep. So it gets up to, what, 200,000 pounds then, right? 20,000 pounds. No, 200,000 pounds. Yeah, and you have to be able to open at least the two-ton door to be able to get in. Yeah, and Killua, when he, when he showed up with all this, opened the third stage, just out of, like... Which means he could lift 10 tons. Yeah, he doesn't care about <laughs> Gone shit. Gon is shitty at math. Yeah, oh, that's a running joke that I actually really love. Gon is shitty at um, uh, uh, deductive reasoning, whether it be math or, or like plotting or planning. If you unveil a second stage to what you're telling him, it's gone. <laughs> that's why it's his name. Uh... And he, he, so they have to train with uh, the old man for like, no, wait, the old man lets him in? Yeah. Well, yeah, he yeah. lets him in, but he's like, you know, he's, they're like, you know, you know what? No, we're going to do this. We're going to we're gonna get the, the door open. We're going to figure this shit out. The f number one thing that Yoshi likes more than anyone else besides the writer of Dragon Ball is a training montage. There is one in every single arc. There's two in some arcs, and you yep. got to see him train, and that is... My only, that is my only legitimate formal complaint. The rest of them are things I don't like. That is my legitimate formal complaint for Hunter x Hunter. 
Stop showing me training arcs. I get it. I get that they're trying to get stronger. That's cool. And actually, some of them are very fun. But I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. Every arc, except for the election arc, has a training arc. Oh, that's a really good point. And that's because it can't have a training arc. Um, But I bet he wanted to. He was probably chomping at the bit to get one in there. But anyways, um, yeah, the guard leads him in and you find a man there who ended up being someone who tried to break in previously, got the shit kicked out of him, and forced to work for the Zoldix, um, basically just maintaining the grounds. Mm -hmm. And they train. And what they have to train to do is they're not allowed to go farther until they can open the door themselves. And they say, can we open it together? Not one at a time? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, And it turns out that everything in this, I love this, everything in this dude's house is weighted. So, like, a coffee mug is, like, 50 kilograms, and you have to, it's, like, pure lead, mm-hmm. and they have to drink for it. So, it, at first, they're struggling, and then by the end, they're stronger, and the three of them can open the door. Yep. Uh, and together. then the, and then they set up to fight all of the Zoldics that are, like, a quirky squad mm. of mini-bosses, and first, then that doesn't happen. Yeah, well, first, they walk in, and they're going to fight uh, uh, the, the butler, an apprentice butler. Canary. Yeah, Canary. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they set up really fun. They do a little flashback. Canary's best friends with Killua growing up. Um, they talk about why she has to do what she does. It turns out she's the one that kicked the shit out of all those people that broke in to make that guy work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you know, Gong... They learned she was a Meteor City resident, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it turns out Gone is so willing to get punched in the face roughly 30,000 times that she's like, you really kill for, or care for Master Killua, so do I. I'll let you through. And then the mom shoots her in the head. Which does not kill her. Yeah, I never understood that. What does she shoot her with? I don't know what. Uh, she has, like, some sort of gun in her fan. Yeah. Maybe it's tied to her ability. I don't know. We don't really see her fight right. very much. What do you know? The, uh, there's example number two of not showing us anything, but doing something. Uh, it's not a bad thing. I actually really like this scene. Um, and then the mom's like, ah, you little piss ants are the ones here to see Killua. Fine. And you find out Killua has literally been tortured for like i don't know a few weeks yep and he doesn't care his older brother is a fat tub who just plays video yeah, this games this guy's name is miluki oh the the theme naming in the uh zoldic siblings mm-hmm. so each zoldic sibling you start with the Illumi. yep and then the next sibling is the uh the last syllable of the previous sibling's name okay then lou then oh. the first syllable of the next sibling's name so really? Illumi. Yeah. Miluka. Yeah. Ki, or Miluki. Yeah. Kilua. Aluka. Oh. Kaluto. And if there were another sibling, it would be Tolu something. Wow. That's kind of silly. I, I didn't realize that. That's cool, though. It also means it's foreshadowing Aluka already. Right. Because we know Kaluto from that arc. Right. Um, the, the little sister. Uh, not youngest, but... Little brother <laughs> oh that's a brother yep this ah, makes no sense um she's very feminine looking and even like the other people mistake her for a girl and she does not correct them he he her him yep, he all that he uh, does not correct them oh wow we're gonna get in trouble with this please know that we mean well <laughs> yeah i didn't i honest to god didn't know it was the little brother i thought it was a little sister because it never i never noticed i guess when they pointed it out like that mm-hmm. um but so so he's being tortured and he doesn't care Killua has been tortured his whole life. He's been, you find out he's immune to poison. He's immune to shock. All this fun stuff. Um, so when his mom is like, "Fine, release Killua. He'll go talk to his dad about this, and I'll bring the boys to the butler's um, uh, uh, homestead, whatever the hell that place is, and you'll stay here and wait for Killua." Killua just, while bleeding, cut up, bruised, just breaks the cuff and walks away. And his brother's like, "What? How did you? What? what how did you?" <laughs> Oh, the mom didn't allow it. Grandpa did. I I remember. The mom led him to the butler's mansion just because she's a bitch. And the grandpa was like, Killua, go talk to your dad. And he's like, okay, Gramps. Smashes off the shackles and walks away. The mom, Kikyo, is very much like a doting, overbearing mother. She wants Killua to inherit the family business. And the fact that he is ever away from home bothers her. And she points out how proud she is of him for successfully cutting her face and running away. She's like... This is what I mean. You got promise. Like, yeah. you did this really well. But we talk it out with the dad, Silva. My who favorite. Who's a scary looking dude. My favorite moment in all of Hunter x Hunter. Bar none. Just like I talk about the Usopp Louie, this is the moment that made Hunter x Hunter awesome for me. Mm-hmm. Exam had a bunch of good stuff. This is number one. This dude is buff, tall, 
handsome, long flowing white hair, cool ninja outfit, and he's sitting in a dark lair in a big couch, just like the lighting's very creepy. Like, oh, they... it's and it's just but, but the tone. Killer's yeah. like, Dad, Gon's my friend, and I really want to see him, and he cares about me, and I care about him. And he's like, I'm so proud of you that you've made yeah. a friend. He never changes his face, so you're like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna flip his lid, right? And he's just like. <laughs> You've done good, Killua. I want you to be who you want to be inside. Come back when you're ready. Now, of course, he he's assuming, like, you know, Killua's going to go out. He's going to find himself. And eventually he's going to come to the realization himself that he wants to inherit the family He says business. that to the grandpa, right? Uh, to the mom. Because the mom oh, is, right. like, is freaking out. They're like, you just let him go after yeah. we went through all this trouble to bring him back. And, and he's like, yeah, no. He, I, I think that when he discovers himself... Mm-hmm. He'll choose to be an assassin, and he will come back here willingly and stronger. Yeah, I was going to say, he he points out, and it's really endearing. He's like, Killua, my father refused to let me do anything, and I'm here because of it. But you could be better than me if I just let you find it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's really cute. And it's also kind of like, wait, you're telling me Killua's going to be stronger than this guy at one point? Yeah, I mean, All right, I'm Silva, in. Silva's definitely still kind of evil, but he's yeah. at least, you know... Well, no. In this in this instance, he's like, yeah, you know what? No, go go find yourself. You're young. You yeah. need to discover the world. I'm, I'm I'm actually willing to say he's not even evil. He's just a man with a job, and he does his job very very well. And he is not. It's the it's the. It leads me to believe, and I really hope he gets back to writing this story. Mm. It leads me to believe that, the Zoldic name, and the purpose of what they do is not bad obviously assassins are bad but they do them for you know it's for very specific they're doing their job it's the kids that are adapting the the virtues that are the ones fucking it the 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 brothers alumi and whatever her name is the fat boy who thinks that zoldix are god and doesn't care about anyone else the dad's like and and the grandpa as we see in the york new uh, city arc they're like no we're not any of that we're just willing to do anything for the price and when we've done our job, we're out. We go back home. We love our home. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. And Killua is like the guy who I think, um, if they ever get that arc and we ever get there, I feel like he's the guy who's going to realize that potential of what a Zoldic is. Yes, I'm an assassin, but above all that, I provide this wonderful home for everyone. Yeah, and the, it goes on to the thing where, like, you know, people in Hunter Hunter are more three-dimensional than yeah. you think. You go in, you see what Silva looks like, you understand the background with the Zoldix. He does do some... The the Zoldix style of child raising is not exactly <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. You <laughs> stick them with a knife every now and again, you shock their bed, you drown them, you do what you gotta do. Yeah, it's, it's shitty and fucked up, and yes, there's some... The Zoldix family and their dynamics are pretty fucked up, but at the end of the day, Silva's also kind of a dad, yeah. and he's... There's more to Silva than what you would think just from looking at his character design and what he's set up yeah. to be. And that's and it's awesome. And it's even endearing. You look at you look at uh, Killua, who's like literally got tears in his eyes because he's happy he didn't anticipate this reaction, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna go find my friend." And you get a really awesome little trial scene because this guy fucking loves trials as much as he loves training. Um, <laughs> of the butlers basically just pressuring Gon and Leorio and Karapka like. You really think you're good enough? You think you're good enough for this? Yeah, we later learned that the butler who's putting it up, Goto, is someone who is actually, like, a big ally of Killua's. Yeah. So what he's really trying to do is make sure that they're actually, like, as well-intentioned toward Killua as He's father-figuring it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but it does set it up as, like, the guards might try to kill them. Mm. Like, they really don't want Killua. And if the mom's the one calling the shots, the guards might be trying to remove them. But it, it, it's got a lot of tension. Um, I think we, we talked about it once before. Uh, the difference between how they build the excitement between Hunter Hunter and and One Piece, and One Piece is this sort of hyped up suspense story. You're really building and building, and you're like, it's gonna get cooler. It's gonna get cooler. You're you're, you're riding joy. You're riding excitement. Hunter Hunter is definitely riding tension. Yes. You're, you're nervous for anyone at any point in time, always, because it is not afraid to just cut someone's head off in a moment's notice. Doesn't matter who they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Gone and Killer are on the table as far as I'm concerned. I don't care that they're main characters. I'm always scared for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it's good. So that scene does that well. The butlers, you know, are no joke. These kids are unassuming because they're just with butlers and you're like worried about maybe Leorio because he's the douchebag at the time. Mm-hmm. Who you love. Again, everyone loves him. Uh, and it ends up being really nice. Killua gets there 
and, and they get to go on an adventure where Karapika breaks off to go to York New City and, and train and figure out and learn his purpose to find his clan. Leorio does Leorio things and goes and gets a degree, and Gone and Killua go home to, to, to gallivant in the, for, in the forest. And honestly, that's kind of all the setup we really need before we can get into the meat of Chimera and... Oh, 100%. I agree. Because we've established Gon and Killua's character, and Karapika and Leoria are just kind of disappearing. And I would be happy... They're just kind of going to be not on the table in Chimera and... Yeah, and I would be happy to talk about Yorknew as a separate podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Yorknew's great. It introduces the Phantom Troop, who is basically the Baroque works of this show. We find out... Except um, that unlike Baroque works, they love each other and are best friends. Yeah. We find out that Hisoka is a member of the Phantom Troop and then not a member of the Phantom Troop, and he continues to live on. Uh, We actually get a good moment. So let's talk about Nen. Okay. So Heaven's Arena is an arc that I detest. I will not, if I ever rewatch Hunter x Hunter, I will skip right over it. It's not bad. It's just not for this guy. Um, It is the arc that introduces Nen. At the same time, you get to see Karapika learning a little bit. Um... And it, it, it's Mr. Wing is his name, who's the mentor they find, yep. because Heaven's Arena is a tower where the higher up you go in fights, the more money you make, and the harder your opponents get. Mr. Wing sees these kids do awesome stuff and says, I see potential in you. All anime stuff, pretty cool, pretty tropey. I like it. Um, and they start to unveil Nen. And here is the... St- Before this, I had no problems with the explanations and the drops. After this is where I'm like, okay, you're going to sit me down and explain everything to me. They basically take three episodes to lecture you on the finer points of how yeah. Ned works as a power system. And then they immediately throw him out the window. Not entirely. No, I'm not they saying... They don't. I'm not saying they... Th- but they make them not a point anymore as much. Yeah, I mean, Which basically is, they set it up so that like when someone does a Ned thing in the background, you can just be like... Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Or I can figure out what that is. It's this version of Nen. It's it's their Ren. It's their Gyo. It's their whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to Chimera Ant, all that's pretty much out the window. And all you need to know is now the personality-based specialty of Nen. Yeah. So to really, really boil Nen down to the, the basics of what is going to be important for this, mm-hmm. Nen is a set of power that anyone can develop. Anyone can learn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you... You have a certain like Nen potential. It's basically your your MP. It's your mana pool. Yeah, and you can use that to manifest various effects, uh, which are going to be a power that's based on your personality. You get to engineer the power yourself based on what you want it to be. So everyone's power kind of reflects them. We mentioned that Illumi is a control freak, and his power is literally to control people. He uses uh, needles to operate you like a zombie. Yeah, it makes you brain dead, so he, he's effectively killing you when he does it, yeah. and then uses your body as a zombie minion of him. Yep. Uh, Hisoka, who is a magician sleight of hand uh, off the uh, keep you off your toes thing, has the ability of both rubber and gum. Yeah, he does. His he literally, has yeah, literally turns it into a sticky substance that he can do some. This is where I will give him and Oda immense credit. They're uh, creating. Yoshi? No, Yoshi and Oda. Oh, okay. Uh, I will give them both immense credit. They take the basis of a character and allow their power or fruit to work with that in the most creative way possible. Hmm. Hisoka is a good example of a boring-ass power. Luffy is a good example of a boring-ass power that you can take so far. The fight in Heaven's Arena between Hisoka and the tiger-dragon-teeth guy, whatever the hell he was. Uh, his name was Castro? Yeah. That fight is like, oh! it was. It's one of the over-explained fights where you're just like, oh, holy shit, this is not just magician, but, like, it lets you in on what is capable when you are uh, prepared. Uh, and I actually really do like the scene between him and uh, Machi, who is the first proper phantom troop member mm-hmm. we meet. She, she uses Nen needles to stitch you up and heal yeah, you. Yeah, her, her power, the, she's one of the Nen categories. It's transmuter is what she is. Yeah. She turns her aura into stitches that can heal people. And their their conversation is hilarious because, it's yes, it's a vehicle to explain the fight, but they're also kind of like weirdly flirty with each other. Yeah. And it's like, why named I power bungee gum? After my favorite gum <laughs> yeah, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. And it's like, she, I know. <laughs> He, he he relishes in the fact that he is both toying with you by making you think he's an idiot and being smart. He's the Joker. He's yeah. quite literally the Joker of, of this, and he even has the clown uh, look to him. But and, and you know what I like about Hunter x Hunter a lot? Mm. It shows you what the characters are like outside of their day-to-day. 
Hisoka doesn't have the makeup. His hair's down. Like, he's out of a shower. Like, they show him what he looks like. Uh, 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 Killua is always changing clothes. Like, people don't look the same like anime. I like that it shows you the real people. And not only that, it shows you them interacting outside of doing their biz- billing yeah. business. Like, that scene that I was mentioning yeah. is just, you know, they're chatting with each other. You get that Machi doesn't really like Hisoka that much, but yeah. Machi... Or Hisoka likes that Machi is frustrated dealing with <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, he's getting his, his jollies from it. Uh, you get that, like, Hisoka and Illumi legitimately like and respect each other, in spite of yeah. the fact that they are often at odds with each other yeah. in terms of their mission. The Phantom Troop people, you often see them hanging out with each other and just having fun. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll just be sitting there playing video games. They le- they legitimately like each other, and they have camaraderie. Yeah. They respect the leader. And the leader is what balances out when they have disagreements. And the leader, Krolo... Oh, I wanted to hate him. I wanted to hate him while I was watching it because you're like, he his character design is literally that of like the fucking douchebag top guy. He's the oh Luffy's gonna fight him character. Like you just know it. Mm-hmm. But the way he unfolds and how all of his main interactions come when he's like dressed up in a suit and tie and his hair's down and like it is the it is the ultimate subversion of what you would assume the top level guy to be. Like he definitely revels a bit in the power that he has. Yeah. He he likes but it comes from a place where he was someone who was always an underdog in life. Yeah. He founded the Phantom Troop as a way of striking back at people who looked down on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course he's going to love the fact that he now has power over these yeah. people that he can terrorize them. And they also do a very one of the best things Hunter Hunter does in regards to the three-dimensional characters is is with Crollo. Gone is yelling at him like you just kill indiscriminately for what and he's just like i honestly don't know at this point like i'm really unsure why i'm doing this i thought it was for blank and now i'm just here but he's but he's like you know i'm gonna keep doing it because it's all i know this uh, this is the life i've built yeah these these people that follow me they're not my subordinates they're my family and this is what we do so this this is my life I care about these people, and for that, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I would like to talk more on, on uh, York New, because it is the best. It, it's the best arc in Hunter x Hunter to me. York New City is... York New is great. It's incredible. It has so much going on for it. I I am still a little upset that Kilo and Gone aren't the focus. In They're really way. not involved in the arc at all. No, yeah, it's... The it's, stuff they do is actually matters really because the whole thing that they're doing in york new is that they need to find money to buy this game because it'll be the next breadcrumb to gone's eventually eventual quest to find his dad yeah and so they like start running a whole bunch of ebay scams they try to upsell like and everything they do in relation to the troop is an accident that shows how incompetent they are Yes, They're and con- in the end, none of it matters because eventually, what they decide is, oh, we're not just gonna, we're not gonna buy it. We're just gonna find out who does and then offer our services to. Uh... Yeah, so it just completely throws it out. So that is, that is a bummer. But it's mm. done well. It's done very well. Mm. Um, but but let's move into Chimera Ant, right? So yep. Greed Island's cool. I don't really think we need to talk much on it. I do have one negative about Greed Island, and that is that apparently, that even though Nen has limits. Greed Island is limitless, and that's really weird to me, but I'm not going to poke into that because I don't care. Um, that's one of those things. That's one of those suspension of disbelief things where you can let it go because it was multiple people pooling their Nen, someone constantly maintaining it from the inside in Razor. I can forgive that. That's all cool. And a lot of it seems very automatic and out of the control of the person who originally set it up. Yeah. And we know that like conjurers can make weird things come into existence. So. Yeah. Um, it also has a very nice beat to it where the Phantom Troop is there, and they're searching for an exorcist to help Krolo because Karapika fucked him up. Um, mm. So that's all good stuff. There's nothing bad. It is the weakest arc, I think. I don't know if you'd but agree. But it's also a very straightforward arc. Uh, yeah. it, it does what it needs to do. Yeah. It's a palate cleanser for York New, and it sets up where they're going to be. In much, Ant, which is... much like One Piece, just because it's weak doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that everything around it, especially in Hunter x Hunter, where on this side you've got York New... And on this side, you have Chimera Ant. It's very easy to just fixate on the two edges. It's mm-hmm. so goddamn good around it. So let's get into Chimera Ant. All right. Now that the one hour mark. Yeah, we hit it. We did it. <laughs> so Chimera Ant is uh, first and foremost an arc about uh, A, depression in Gone. He is the saddest I've ever seen. 
Well, be it's, hopelessness. It's in... basically the, it, it is the moment where Gone realizes that the world is more complicated than he thought it was. Yeah. It, um, is, it is a real moment where he has to grow up very quickly. It gives you an unbeatable villain. And no, I am not talking a Frieza or a Cell. You are given a literal unbeatable villain that no one can compete with and they're going to try. And you're given a much wider world scale for the first time. This is the uh, uh, the arc that I actually think is the only one that does any real world building. Yes, and it does it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So I have my complaints about how it introduces the Chimera Ant, but I'm going to forgive it because of how it pays it off. Okay. So yeah, the Chimera Ants, what they are. Well, first we meet a guy named Kite. Yes. So who Kite is, is he is a friend of Gon's father. Uh, he So this guy... The main character meets him when he is just a kid, uh, is really impressed by him when he saves him, uh, and honestly is somewhat more of a father figure to him than his actual father ever is. Let's talk about that for two seconds. Jing is a fucking dirtbag. So they give you... okay. Jing is the goal, but really Kite is more Gon's father than Jing. So here's a very important piece to come out of Greed Island. At the end of Greed Island, they come up with a genius plan. Whoever beats the game gets to take three of these cards out. The, the game It's a card game built in there. Gets to take three of these cards out, and those cards work in the real life. So, I mean, it, Greed Island, as it turns out, is not actually a game you go into, but actually just a place you teleport to. So Right. Uh, it, it's got a very cool twist in that way, and, and the troop figures it out, and yada yada. So that's clever, fine, and dandy. So when they get out, they have the genius idea to bring a card that will teleport them to Jing. So, they do this cool thing with this amulet that does a yada yada, whatever. They have a card. It ter- They use the card and it takes them to Kite. And they think, the- so there's two cards in that game that teleport. One that teleports the individual to a place of their choice. So he would say, take me to Jing. You have to have seen the person, so take yep. me to Jing. The other one takes uh, a company, takes your party to a place of your choice. Yep. Again, he can just think about Jing. He takes a company because Killua's by his side. Yep. Not leaving Killua. And I under- and that's great. Jing, the fucking dirtbag, he programmed into the game. It shows you the flashback. <laughs> he walks up to the main lady that he has running the game, and he says, if he comes out of here and he uses return, bring him to me. If he uses a company, take him to Kite. If he's not good enough to come alone, I don't want to see him. Yeah. Without even thinking that maybe Gon has friends. Like, that's not a weakness. Jing, you're a piece of shit, and we know more about how shitty you are later. Jing is the worst, and I love him. Yeah, he's terrible, but in a good way, and I think his intentions are pure. Um, mostly because, A, obviously the ba- the dirtbag part is I don't want to be weighed down. But the positive is, like, you have no idea how much I'm going to be getting into. It's as much for you as it is for me. Like, just, come on, stay away. Let me... Let me kill myself out here doing this. Like whatever. When we learn a bit more about Jing's philosophy, it all makes sense. Because mm-hmm. we'll eventually learn that Jing is a person who lives in the moment. Right. He doesn't really have any long-term goals. He does whatever he thinks is going oh, to no, be Oh, no, he has a very specific long-term he goal does. that will remove him forever from this. Yes. And that's the danger. That's the, like, dude, just live your life. Don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, now back to Chimera Antark. So we meet Kite. Like DJ said, it's more of his father figure. And... The anime does it a little differently than the manga, but regardless, we're talking anime. And Ant jumps out, hooks on to uh, uh, Gone, and he shoots it dead, and he gets it off him, and he explains what a Chimera Ant is. And what a Chimera Ant is, is a, uh, it's a species of ant that uh, reproduces through a process called phagogenesis, which is some made-up nonsense, <laughs> but it's fine, because it's a fantasy world. Yep. Uh, where whenever the, the the they'll feed the queen whatever species they can get usually other insects yeah and then the babies that the queen produces will take on aspects of whatever the queen eats yeah um, and they nor you know they're they're considered dangerous they're like a class B quarantine species yeah. what this leads to is if they ate a hippo now you have a massive ant with super strength yeah, whatever but normally whatever. they wouldn't get that far and the the world as a whole calls them regularly to keep them from getting that far right. however 8 years before the start of this arc a guy named Gyro 
who is who grew up in like a shitty work camp in some shitty country. Yeah, slave uh, labor, quite literally. Basically, becomes like this drug and weapon smuggling kingpin, mm-hmm. uh, and in order to protect his operations, he forms a country called the NGL. Yep. Which is a special zone where the way he pitches it to the rest of this world is that they are anti-technology. Yeah. They are basically Luddites. Yeah. They live off in their own section and they want to return to nature and live in the old way. Most of the people in the NGL legitimately believe that. But he has his own organization of guns and drug smugglers yeah. that he's using the NGL as a front for. Yeah. As a result of the NGL existing, mm-hmm. they have not called the Chimera Ants the way the rest of the world has. Yeah. And the Chimera Ants have slowly, over the process of these eight years, been eating their way up the food chain. It does show how fast they evolve. They, so they grow very fast. Yeah. It's basically they, they come out basically as adults, yeah. but they do, importantly, have the minds of babies when they come out. Yeah. They can talk, they can reason, but they don't know anything about the world. Right. Uh, until you've evolved farther into having the human emotions that they get. Because um, they start to get memories and shit. And that's what starts to become a problem. That is eventually what the downfall of them yeah. is. So the weird thing... Yeah, they've worked their way up now to eating humans. The weird thing about uh, the Chimera Antarch, and it's by far its biggest weakness in my opinion, is uh, pacing. It, it starts supersonic fast. The first four episodes, you uh, meet Kite, you learn about Chimera Ants, you learn about the Queen, you learn about her making a horde, you see kids die... Uh, and you send heroes, uh, hunters off to figure it out. That's mm-hmm. like four episodes. Then you spend a good 20 episodes training while they grow. Not training be- for them. I mean kind of on the whole, you learn more about how Netero is going to go out to figure it out. You learn more about uh, the Queen Ling, the Royal Guard, squadron leaders bringing her food. They're mm-hmm. introduced to Net. But it's spent, it, it's, it's taken like three and a half weeks. It, it uses a lot of time. You go from a, a few episodes being a day to... 20 episodes being a few weeks to 20 episodes being another day. The pacing is very weird. Not bad. Very weird. I, I agree until I figured out what the arc was going to be. Sure. Because <laughs> the arc, again, pulling the classic Togashi swerve that yeah. the arc does. Yeah. Um, and before we get into that, I'm going to give a quick pause. Okay. And speaking of the way he likes to subvert expectations, DJ and I agreed that maybe it's time to take a pause. Remember the end of last episode when we said, oh, Hunter Hunter will be a, it'll be a breeze. It's not going to be any struggle for us at all. Well, we were wrong. There is a lot to talk about, and there is a lot we continue to talk about, almost three hours worth. So let's pump our brakes on the first part, call it a wash at about an hour, well, closer to an hour and ten, and continue on this journey. So thank you so much, everybody for listening to Men of the Machine. This has been part one of Hunter Hunter Breakdown. Next week, you'll get part two, and followed by the conclusion of Water 7 versus Chimera Ant. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the Men of the Machine.